Hey girls, welcome to the Go Girl Podcast because women are powerful. I'm your host, Ashley Caprice. Each episode is about self-love, self-care, and self-discovery. Tune in for affirmations, motivation, girl talk, and girl power. Now let's get it started. Go girl. Hey girls, I hope you're doing well. I know. I know it's been a minute, but I'm back and uh, I'm ready to, you know, continue to talk about some self-love and self-care and self-discovery. I hope you've been amazing. The world is opening back up. It's time to, you know, truly take care of yourself. We've been on lockdown for like a year, rightfully so. But, you know, right now it is time to really show ourselves so much love physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually in every way to make sure that we are stepping back into the world as our full, healthy, whole selves. Okay, so I've missed you. You can always keep up with me. I am on social media at Go Girl Movement or at I am Ashley Caprice. I'm so excited for today's episode, but before we get into it, let's get into our I am affirmation. You know how it goes. I am are two of the most important words and what you say after shapes your reality. So today's I am affirmation is, I am leaving the past behind and I am embracing the present. Repeat after me. I am leaving the past behind and I am embracing the present. The one main thing that I've learned during the pandemic is to be present. So many times we're thinking so far ahead, but none of us were really truly prepared for a pandemic, right? So the only thing we could do is be hopeful every single day. You know, be hopeful that we don't catch the virus. Be hopeful that our family and friends are safe. Be hopeful that things are going to be normal again one day. You know, and I've learned to be super intentional and super present. Like there are times where I'll go get my nails done, you know how we do. And instead of taking my book with me as well, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this massage chair. I'm going to enjoy the nail tech, you know, doing my hands and my feet. When I eat out with friends, I make sure my phone is put away. When I eat now, I rarely eat while I'm on the phone. I want to make sure I'm present and enjoying my meal because don't you hate that? No, seriously. Don't you hate getting off the phone and you're like, dang, I really ate all my food. I didn't really enjoy it because I wasn't being present. But I want to speak in another way about being present today, and it's about relationships. We need to learn to just leave the past in the past, you know, let that go, let that hurt go, let that pain go, heal from that, deal with that, so that you can be present in a newer, better relationship that you truly deserve, something that is healthy, something that is kind, and someone that's willing to really grow with you and And someone that is present with you and someone that really uh, is taking the time to understand you and you're understanding them, right? Like really be present in the moment, not think so far ahead because sometimes things might not work out as you'll understand with this episode. (laughs) Sometimes things just might not work out. And then it's like you put all your, your, your time and energy into this person and, and, and you think your love life is over forever because it just didn't work with one person. Girl, I have news for you. There are other people out there, okay? So learn to be present with the person that you're dating or if you're not dating anyone right now, learn to be present with yourself and prepare for when that person comes into your life. And you have to release that baggage. You have to 
heal from your your past relationships and with every relationship there's a lesson there's something you should be learning from it right and this is mental health awareness month so I, I really want to stress that being in an unhealthy relationship can really affect your mental health it can stress you out I mean the PTSD the anxiety the you know the brain fog all of that after an unhealthy relationship especially with narcissistic abuse especially with any type of abuse it can really affect you mentally so really take care of yourself really be present and when you're more present you're more in tune with who you are what you deserve and if something doesn't feel right speak up about it set that boundary or move on you have to be present with yourself before you can be present with someone else okay so again the affirmation is I am leaving the past behind and I am embracing the present. Now, I am super excited for this guest. You're going to love her too. I started following her on Instagram like I do with most of my Go Girl guests because there are so many dope women out there. Like really make sure your timeline is tailored for who you are or who you want to be, okay? So I found Kendra Allen on social media and I was like, oh, she is speaking the truth. She is your breakup bestie, a coach, a confidant, a best friend, and support for women everywhere going through heartbreak. After going through a series of unhealthy relationships and tough breakups in her 20s, Kendra dedicated herself to figuring out what it takes to go through a breakup with dignity, grace, and growth. Now it's Kendra's mission in life to help women like you See breakups not as an end, but as a beautiful opportunity to get to know yourself, love yourself, and rediscover what you want and deserve in a relationship. She gives it all. She's going to let you know if you can still be friends with the ex. She's going to let you know what to do when they come back because you know they always come back, right? We're going to talk about going through a breakup during a pandemic and so much more. So let's get into some girl talk. I am so excited to have Kendra Allen on the Go Girl podcast. She guides you to see your breakup as a blessing. And she's also the host of Heal Your Heartbreak. Welcome to the Go Girl podcast, Kendra. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. I'm so excited to chat with you. My goodness, you share so much great information <laughs> on social media and your reels and so many people are engaging with you because we've all gone through some trials and tribulations with the relationships. I think we've all have exes. We all may have had an ex or two. We want to keep in touch with and you're like, no, <laughs> none of that. <laughs> I know. So, I always joke. I'm the ahead. friend that doesn't tell you what you want to hear, but we'll tell, I will always tell you what you need to hear. Yes. See, and, yeah. and also we are that way with a lot of our friendships. We tell our friends what they need to hear, but we don't follow that advice ourselves a lot of times. Yes. So you are that friend and you are the breakup bestie because you're someone that we could just come to for that real information. So first of all, I want to know, because I know right now we are in a pandemic. Some people have gone back to exits. Some people are breaking up right now. The world is opening. They're going back to the streets. So yeah. <laughs> what is some advice that you could give to someone who probably recently have gone through a breakup and now they're transitioning while the world is transitioning. Yeah, it's really interesting. I I mean, I really just started this as a business 
last January. So just a couple really? months before. Yeah. So I had, I'd run this account for a long time. I had a blog. It was just like something I did on the side because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. And then I officially launched as a business January of last year. So just a couple months before COVID hit. Perfect and then timing. all of a sudden, once I realized that this is not just a two-week thing or a three-week thing, I had to really adjust my advice because so much of my advice typically was go out with friends, book a trip, you know, go, go see people, just, you know, try to so self-care. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then so much of that stuff was taken away when COVID hit. Right. And I think breakups last year were just really hard because you had to deal with them in isolation. And, you know, it was an honor to be able to be there for so many people last year when they were going through it by themselves. And I think what's happening now is it's great because we can start booking travel again and start going out with friends and, and doing those kinds of things. But what I've also heard from clients is there's a little bit of like a fear mm-hmm. around it because they would think like, well, during COVID, my ex was just at home doing the same right. thing I am. Now it's like, now I think about my ex out with other people oh, and okay. out at bars and seeing, you know, seeing people in that way. So I think there's definitely more good than bad of the world opening back up for people who are going through breakups. There's just more distractions available to you, which I think are really healthy. But I think there's also a bit of a, a bit of a fear that surrounds it as well. Yeah. Well, how did you get into this? You say you made it into an official business last January. Why breakups? Why talk about exes? Why are you the breakup bestie? Yeah, it's... It's so funny, you know, if you asked like 15-year-old Kendra what she wanted to be, it was (laughs) definitely not a breakup coach. What Um, was it? (laughs) I think I, well, I think at 15, I wanted to be a physical therapist for a while. And then I fell into marketing and I, I was a coach really early on. I did fitness coaching. Part of my story is I got sober at a really young age. So I worked in that space for a while too with recovery and helping people get sober. Awesome. But- What happened for me was because I'm sober, I went through a really hard breakup, not because I'm sober, but I went through a really hard breakup. And because I was sober, I didn't have a lot of the same things to turn to like Mm -hmm. drinking, going out to bars. And prior to this breakup, I had done, you know, running back to my ex, staying friends with my ex, um, dating right away, jumping into a new relationship. Like I'd gone through all of the things now that I don't recommend. And so when this breakup happened about six years ago, it was the first time where I kind of dedicated myself to figuring out how to go through a breakup in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. And I started asking women to like go to coffee, like women who I knew had gone through breakups and divorce and who I really respected. And I just started asking people like, what do I do? You know, I kind of just became this like sponge. And I was like, I'll try anything that someone recommends. So people recommended different books and journals. And I tried a bunch of new hobbies. I like volunteered. I just did all of these things. And I ended up on the other side of the breakup a very different person in a lot of really positive ways. I felt like I had a very different outlook on relationships and more importantly on myself. Mm -hmm. And then I started to just kind of become the like go-to friend that people went to during breakups and people would send like friends of friends. So I just became this person that people came to and I realized how much I loved it. And um, I was going through a job transition and 
my, my now husband asked me, what do you really like to do? And I was like, I really like helping women Mm -hmm. with breakups. And so I thought, okay, I'll start an Instagram. Like that can't hurt. And I looked online at like a lot of the breakup advice and so much of it was, was very gimmicky, very like how to get over your ex in 21 days or Mm -hmm. how to get revenge on your ex. And I didn't really see anything out there that was really practical and, and focused on the person, not the ex. That's like a big thing that I focus on. So I started as an Instagram, started writing a blog, and then it kind of just evolved from there. And I'm, I'm so lucky that I, I get to do this full time now. Yeah, congratulations on your success, seriously, because like I said, a lot of people go through so many breakups or or whatever, and they don't know the issue. And a lot of people do tend to blame and point the finger at the other person, but it's like, you're a part of this relationship too. (laughs) So it's about taking some accountability. And like you said, maybe getting back into your hobbies and getting back into what makes you happy. And I know one of the things that you discuss is losing yourself in a relationship, like people tend to just go all in. How can people prevent themselves from losing themselves in a relationship? Or how can they find themselves again after leaving the relationship? Yeah, I'll start with, you know, how do you prevent that from happening? Um, I think so much of this starts before you get into a relationship. You know, for me, I think I grew up a lot of my life as the, like, I'll call it a chameleon. It wasn't just relationships. It was friendship groups. I would change how I, how I dressed, Mm. what I liked, what I did. And so any relationship I, I got into that would become my whole life. What music do you like? It's like, well, what music do you like? I'll like that. And what always happened is when the relationship ended, I felt completely empty because my identity was like automatically Mm. placed in this person's hands. And so that happened so many times. And I felt like I had to keep rebuilding it from scratch that during this last breakup, I think, you know, finding your own likes and dislikes. And I think it sounds so trivial, but just like, what music do you like? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite color? What are your favorite flowers? Like getting really clear on, on that kind of stuff and then building a life that you don't want someone to take you away from. Yes. If you are walking around waiting for your missing puzzle piece or you're waiting for someone to complete you, no matter what kind of relationship you get into, it's going to sweep you away from your life. But when I love my friends. I love my hobbies. I love who I am. I'm not going to leave that for anyone. Right. You know? So a lot of it's like, how are you going to build a life that you love and that you feel really grounded in? I think that's the best way to prevent that from happening. And then, you know, rebuilding your life afterwards. I was in a narcissistic relationship starting when I was 18 till I was 21. And I was isolated from all my friends and so really had to rebuild from scratch. And it was, and it was a lot of just like asking for help, going to my friends and, and saying, sorry, like apologizing Mm -hmm. for, for taking off. I think we think that our friends are just done, but our friends are just happy to have us back in their lives. So we don't give them enough credit. And then, you know, trying new things, like instead of seeing it as, oh my God, I have to rebuild. It's like, wow, I get to kind of start from this like super fresh, it's a super fresh start and like treat it as that. So try new things and like 
take it as an opportunity to reinvent yourself. Yeah. And finding those things that you love. I am, I was also in a relationship with a narcissist. It's very exhausting. And I was actually in a new city for my career. So I was already kind of isolated. So like perfect target, you know, Yeah. but I do have a lot of women who follow me on social media, who has also been in those narcissistic or relation toxic relationships. And what is, I know you said, you know, reach out for help afterwards, but what are some ways to help these women like really get over this X? Because sometimes it is a push and pull. Like they'll, they'll keep going back to the person. It's like a drug, you know, they'll keep going back to the person when they know it's unhealthy. Like how can they finally get away or, or really do the, the closure and no contact? It's tough and it's so much, it, there's so many more things involved when it's a relationship with a narcissist because during that relationship, you've been conditioned to believe that without this person, you are nothing. Mm-hmm. You've been conditioned to have, like your self-esteem has been lowered over time. You probably don't even realize it. So there's just so many more dynamics. But I think one thing is to be really patient with yourself. I know for me, I had to do it in steps. Like I I finally walked away from the relationship after finally getting honest with people in my life about what was going on. And once I heard myself describe the relationship, Mm. I realized how wrong it was. So that's one thing is like, get honest with people. I know it can feel really shameful. I know it like feels embarrassing of like, how did I put up with this? But I'm sure, you know, as sharing about it, but in for me sharing about it, you'd be shocked. It's so common. It's so sad that it's so common. Like so many women. Yeah. Or so many people, I won't say just women. Go ahead. Yeah. And it's so important to, um, to get honest because hearing yourself say it out loud is going to be really powerful. And for me, I was able to leave the relationship, but it took me another year of, kind of keeping him around as, as like a friend and still Mm. being there for him. And, and then finally I hit, I hit bottom and I, I walked away and I, I haven't, you know, seen or spoken to him in over eight years. And, um, so just know that, like, I think the biggest thing is to remove yourself from the situation, but don't be, don't be super harsh on yourself. Like if you still have feelings for someone, even if they were verbally or emotionally abusive, that's okay. Like it's, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It's it's very normal and it'll just take some time, but the sooner you can get into no contact, the better because they will try to continue to bring you back into the cycle. And therapy is, is huge. I'm a big, big fan of therapy. And I, I think it's wonderful how often it's talked about now. And there are so many cool um, platforms that, that are cost-effective to do that. It's so normalized. I love it. So you did mention no contact, like what exactly if someone listening doesn't know, they might think, oh, okay, well, I'm not reaching out to them or I blocked them on my social media. Like what exactly all the steps (laughs) should they take to really go no contact? Yeah. I mean, so ideally no contact is no contact, no loopholes, no, you know, no like side door contact kind of a thing. (laughs) I do always preface by saying like, I understand that there are people who share children with their ex and there, I think there's a way to do no contact, even if you work together or have children together. But if you have the opportunity to do full, no contact that involves no texting, no calling, no emailing, blocking them on social media is 
huge. Mm -hmm. Social media adds such a big curveball into breakups because you can see everything they're doing. And, you know, I tell people like, if your ex reaches out, that doesn't mean you're breaking no contact. But if you do choose to reply, that would be, but you know, a lot of it is setting boundaries and, and taking care of yourself. I get asked all the time, is it childish to block my ex? And I say, mm-hmm. I say, no, not at all. Right. In fact, like looking at something that's harming you and then choosing to step back from that and, and take that out of your life, that's very mature to do. Yeah. You got to change that narrative. Yeah. yeah. I do want to ask what if it was a healthy relationship, right? So what if it was healthy? It wasn't toxic. It just didn't work out. You know, you're great. uh, We're great friends, had great conversations and whatnot. And you think you can still be friends with an ex. Should someone be friends with their ex? The healthy relationship breakup, it's tough. And honestly, in a lot of ways, it's harder Mm -hmm. to get through because you don't necessarily have something to point to as to why it ended. So you can't, you can't really get angry right away. You are just stuck with it being really sad. It's just very sad when a healthy Mm -hmm. relationship ends. So I tell people, because I think sometimes people believe that if it was a healthy relationship, that must mean that the two are meant to be together. So a lot of those people will wait around. They will stay friends, not even because they want to, just because they they don't want to completely lose that connection in hope of getting back together. Right. But even if a relationship was great, it doesn't mean that it was meant to be. Just because the person was nice doesn't mean that they were your person. Sometimes two people just do not work out in a relationship Mm -hmm. and that's okay. It's painful, but that's okay. And I would say that, if anything, like people in a healthy relationship should even more so not be friends with their ex because you still have all those loving feelings towards them. And every time you see them, every time you talk to them, basically I tell people your heart doesn't have a switch. You can't go like for me, okay, Kendra, you know, this person that you were in love with for three years and you spent every day with, maybe you lived with them, you talked to them every day, you were physically intimate this person now is just a friend. Like you need to turn off all your feelings, all of your memories, right? Just see them as a friend. And if they start dating again, you also have to be okay with that too, because you're just friends. That's just not how it works. And people, I know people do it. I know there are some success stories with it, but I'd say that's the exception to the rule for, for the most part, it will drag your breakup out so much longer because typically when you're staying friends, you're hanging on to a sense of hope that the circumstances are going to change and you're going to get back together. Yeah. And then you keep going down memory lane or talk about what yeah. should have happened, what could have happened, regrets. Yes. It's like, uh, just, we got to let it go. <laughs> and the go. feelings are still there. So likely right. what's going to happen is you're going to be hanging out. Someone's going to kiss the other one. And like, then all the physical stuff's going to come back. It's just, it's, it's really hard to expect two people who are in love to become platonic friends overnight. That just sucks the way life is sometimes because you can really meet good people in your lifetime. And then it could be such an important part of your life. And then they have to just become a stranger again. It's like, yeah, I read a quote once that, you know, going through a breakup is like having to mourn the death of someone who's still alive. Like you're mourning, like essentially to you, they died, but Mm -hmm. they're still very much alive living a life you know, doing all of that stuff. And 
And what I tell people of that too is like, I do think people can be friends with exes way down the road. And you just have to trust that if you're meant to be friends with this person, you will be brought back together in a friendship way when it's appropriate. Like I think the universe guides that stuff and and will put you back if if need be. Correct. I feel like, I honestly feel like you shouldn't be friends with an ex unless you have a child together. <laughs> like if yes. you have a child, then okay, I understand why you're still communicating. But otherwise, why are you keeping in touch with someone that, like you said, you were intimate with? Those feelings could come back. Yeah. I okay. just think someone always gets hurt. And if you're not the that's person true. that's hurt, it's the other person. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, yeah. You did uh, have a video. I, I watched a lot of your videos, but one of them, the five biggest mistakes after a breakup. Can you share with the audience some big mistakes that people tend to make after a breakup? Yeah. So, you know, we kind of covered two of them already, yeah. which is you're still in contact and you're trying to be friends with them. It just makes it so much harder. And, you know, People say like, can I not get over a breakup if I'm friends with them? Sure, you can, but it will take way longer and be way harder. So if you want to put like a huge obstacle in your way, (laughs) by all means, but so those are two. The other one is not taking the time to feel your feelings. I think that's so important. No one loves to feel sad. I don't think anyone like really enjoys mm-hmm. curled up, being curled up in a ball sobbing, but unfortunately it's part of the human experience and it's part of going through a breakup. So taking that time, I tell people like block out, block out 10 minutes in the morning to like listen to a sad song or journal mm. or just give yourself space to feel what's coming up. I don't want you sitting in it all day, but it it is really important because that's where the lessons are going to come in. And those feelings have to be felt at some point and you don't want them. You don't want to feel them like five years down the road when you're in a new relationship and all of a sudden you have all these wounds and feelings come up. So I'd say that's, that's definitely a really big one. And then too, like jumping into a new relationship right away is also, you know, a big mistake because- Mm -hmm it gives the illusion that you're feeling better. Like I said, that pain is still there. So you're not allowing yourself to have that space to have that pop up. And then I'd say the last one, and I don't know if I'm hitting the same ones (laughs) I said in the video, but- I think you are. (laughs) And then I think the last one is trying to go through it alone. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's just something that it's so hard (laughs) to go through a breakup. And I even told people like when we were on strict quarantine of- you know, FaceTime people every day, reach out to someone every day. It should not be something that should be faced mm-hmm. alone. I mean, you can't rely on any one person to fix your breakup, but it should not be a load that is carried completely on your own shoulders. Right. Okay. Got it. It's some good information here, girls. Thank <laughs> you. Um, I do want to ask because I did speak uh, shortly about the should haves and could haves and the, the regrets. And I know you mentioned this as well about like how to though stop obsessing over those. Oh, but he was supposed to be the one or, yeah. you know, she was supposed to be the one or, you know, it could have been like this and we could have done all of that and keep repeating those stories. How do you just let it go and stop obsessing over what could have been? It's tough because, you know, I can tell people, 
a bunch of, you know, different affirmations and things to remind yourself of, of like, this is going to pass someday in the future. This is all going to make sense. This is all going to be a blessing in disguise. I can tell everyone that. And I think it's important that on a deep, deep level, you understand that, but it's very hard to, to get that through our heads. So what I tell people, it's, it's one of two things when you're getting into that really obsessive thinking, one thing is to just do something that's going to distract you. I tell people like hop onto TikTok for like 15 minutes and watch some funny videos, go for a walk, Mm -hmm. call a friend, take a shower, take a bath, like anything that's just going to get you out of your, your head for like 10 to 15 minutes is great. And then the other thing too, when you're obsessing about your ex, I tell people is just bring it back to you. So if you're thinking like, I wonder what he's doing. I can't believe he's already dating someone or, you know, like just obsessing on what they're up to or how they acted, bring it back to you and ask yourself, like I would ask myself, Kendra, how are you doing? Mm -hmm. What do you need right now? Do you need anything to feel supported right now? And just keep bringing it back to you because that's the only person you have control over. That's the only person that really you have control over their healing. So, um, so either distract or just bring it back to you and then trust that as time goes on, it's going to make a lot of sense. Like I cannot tell you how many people have purchased my course and, and thought going into my course that they had the perfect relationship and you know <laughs> did not understand why the relationship ended. And by the time they get out of that or get out of coaching with me, they're like, wow, like, thank God that that relationship ended because I could have been in that for, for years and been really unhappy. So just trust that like more will be revealed when it's ready to be. Well, what are some common things that people have experienced, you know, through your course? What are some common themes where it's like, oh, wow, I thought this was a great relationship, but it really wasn't. I think some people it's discovering that the the partner wasn't entirely emotionally available. Available. I do have men that take my course, but this is a particular theme around women is I think they believed that they were too much. So they stopped themselves from asking for the things that they needed Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to come off as too much. And then by the end of the relationship, they realized they hadn't been getting their needs met. Right. And so a lot of, a lot of it comes back down to communication too, you know, like, and that's why you mentioned earlier, which I think is so important is like laying the foundation down really in the beginning and letting someone know who you are like straight up and setting those boundaries in the beginning and saying like, Hey, I like going out with my friends every other Saturday or something and not letting someone come in and, and disturb that routine or it's something that you already have for yourself so that you won't lose yourself, but really like setting those boundaries and really communicating that in the beginning is like totally key. Yeah. Yeah. And I think another thing I notice is like one thing I have people do is write out their entire relationship. Mm, And as they're doing that, they're like, huh, that was like a red flag that popped up like two months in that I just blew past. And then it repeated itself at six months and then it exploded at nine months. So it's like, obviously hindsight's 2020. And I try to make, I don't have people do that in the beginning because I don't want them to be too hard on themselves when they're really fragile, but breakups are a 
huge opportunity to learn about your relationship patterns, the kind of people you're typically attracting, Mm -hmm. what can you do differently moving forward in relationships? Um, I learned all of that in the time I was going through a breakup because I think as humans, we're really motivated by pain, unfortunately. It's like one of our biggest motivators. Yeah. Um, You know, a breakup is one of the, you know, few times in life when we're, you know, kind of at this rock bottom. And so we're really motivated to, to make some changes. So I think, I think it's important to look at a breakup in that, in that way. And it's not, you know, it's not a sprint, like you're not going to figure it all out in the first month, but if you take the time and are patient with yourselves, like you'll learn a lot. You'll learn a whole lot. What about the people who don't want to take their time? Like they just want to jump back into another relationship or start dating again. Like how long should they wait or, Yeah. Give them some advice. Like, girl, just calm down, sit down for a second. There are plenty of people out there when you're ready to date again. (laughs) I know. I know. So I get asked this all the time of like a time frame. So the time frames, it's difficult because it depends on a lot of things. So, you know, for some people, they kind of experienced the breakup like six months before the relationship even ended. So mm-hmm. they'd been mourning the relationship for a while before well, it ended. So while well, in the relationship, yeah, yeah. mentally checking out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So for those people, I'd say like, maybe you don't have to wait as long, but you know, and if you were in a relationship for three months, probably don't have to wait as long as someone who was in one for 13 years. Yeah. But What I tell people is if you are grasping at dating to change the way you feel, it's too early. Mm -hmm. If on the other hand, you feel solid, you are like doing the work, you're seeing your friends, you're working on you and you think dating would be a great enhancement to this. It'd be a great like value add. It seems fun. Like I'm excited to meet new people and see what's out there that's a good time to do it. But if you, yeah, if you're like desperately turning to dating because you don't like the way you feel right now, not only are you probably going to not going to find people that you like, I, that happens so often. People will say, I went onto a dating app and all I saw were people that would not work for me. Yeah. And I'm like, I think that's a sign that you're not ready yet. You're not ready. Um, yeah. And then, or you you will find someone you're putting out that energy to find a partner. Like you might find someone, but I can guarantee you're going to blow past every red flag (laughs) that shows up along the way. And it's just, you're just not in the right mindset to be making empowering decisions for yourself. Right. You're not, you're not looking at it from a healthy lens right now. Exactly. Exactly. So what I would tell people is (laughs) I understand that when you're going through a breakup, like the companionship is is really missing. Like there are some big voids that are left when you're going through a breakup or a separation. So, you know, take a look at like, what are those voids? Like maybe you feel just lonely. So reach out to your friends more and like make some plans with them. Um, if you're like bored, you know, (laughs) do find some hobbies and things to do at home. So I don't expect anyone to just sit with the pain and sit with all of these voids. It's just, how can I fill these up in in a new way? Kind of a thing. In a new healthy way. Yes. Yeah. What about the ex who comes back? Like, I feel like with women, we're like, they always come back. (laughs) Yeah. What do we do then? Like we're, we're over it. It's been a few months and we're good. And then they come back and sometimes they can open that, that wound again. Yeah. Or 
should we just be like, okay, go your way. I'll continue going mine so that it, the wound doesn't open at all. This is, it's so funny. It's a, it's a tricky topic and it's one that I did a whole podcast episode on this, but my husband is an ex that came back. Oh, and yeah. So, <laughs> so I have some experience with this, but the, what I will say, you know, first like disclaimer on me and my husband, he broke up with me. We were apart for a year and a half. We did the no contact rule. We did not see each other. We did not speak. He went on his way. I went on mine. I dove into doing the work and self-care and was single for a while and then was in a new relationship, like Mm -hmm. a serious relationship had met, you know, this person's family and all of this stuff. And my ex came back after a year and a half and, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of, you know, said he made a mistake and he didn't want to get married before. And, you know, he had done the maturing and the therapy and the things that he needed to do to work past that. So, you know, I had gone through that breakup fully accepting. I would never see him ever again. So I think that's the big caveat is I did not wait around for him at all. But what I tell people when it comes to making a decision of, should you get back together with an ex? The first thing to consider is, is to remind yourself why the breakup happened in the first place, because if you don't factor that in, like for me with my, with my husband, we broke up because he did not want to get married. Right. That had changed. You know, that circumstance had completely changed. And then consider how long has it been since the breakup? Because, you know, I think humans are, are capable of a lot of things, but no one is capable of completely changing in three weeks. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. So, um, so if you guys broke up because of a serious emotional un- unavailable issue or something like that. And your ex comes back in three weeks and says they've changed, right? Probably not enough time realistically for any change to, to have occurred. You also need to consider what, what frame of mind are you making that decision out of? If you're making the decision to get back together with them because you feel lonely Mm -hmm. and it seems easier to have them back in your life, that's not a great reason to do it. If on the other hand, like for me in my situation, I was not lonely. I was in a, you know, healthy new relationship. I felt very whole and complete just on my own. And so that decision would just add value to my life. It wasn't completing me. It wasn't filling a void. It wasn't making up for anything. You have to consider what frame of mind you're making that decision from. And then also like take some time. Don't Mm -hmm. make that decision impulsively. I you know, listen to my ex when he wanted to get back together. And I waited three days before I said anything to him. And I talked to my friends and I talked to my family and I said, is there anything like I missed about him that um, maybe you can identify for me, like get some outside perspective. Yeah. Um, But yeah, take, take some time. And if, if your ex who wants to get back together with you won't give you a couple days, that's your answer. Like, right. If they won't respect your time like that, that's not a relationship you want to be in. Yeah, that's the red flag already. <laughs> yeah. So you broke up with your boyfriend to go back to your ex? Yes. Ah! <laughs> I did. It was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I but what I, tell, what I tell people is it works out exactly how it's supposed to because, <laughs> True. you know, we still have some mutual friends. So I've heard through the grapevine, he's married, he's with you know, a woman okay. that he was meant to be with, you He's know, happy, so it's like, you're happy. Exactly. He's happy. I'm happy. It worked out exactly how it was supposed to. It was, you know, painful along the way, but of that's, course. you know, a reminder, I think, especially if there's anyone listening that feels like they need to break up with someone and they're scared to, 
just remember that is like by me breaking up with him, I gave him the freedom to find the person he was meant to be with. If I would have just stayed because I didn't want to hurt his feelings, I would also be holding him hostage. We're no longer blocking blessings. And I listened to one of your podcasts a few weeks ago, actually, with something similar to that, where you mentioned it was something like, we're thinking that life should go a certain way. And, you know, look at your life now. And two years ago, you probably would have thought your life would have been different, but it's probably much better now. So sometimes when you let that person go and you leave that ex alone, you'll look back like, oh my gosh, my life is so much better without that person anyway. Like, why was I so stuck on that person when things always tend to work out in the end? They do. Yeah. And that, that was the episode about letting go of the future that you thought you had with your ex and just thinking like, wow, all of those plans are gone. But remembering you had plans 10 years ago. Correct. They didn't turn out exactly how you had planned, but they probably turned out way better. So you just have to remember that what has happened in the past with that is likely going to happen again in the future where 10 years from now, like I tell people, like, imagine if you would have married the person you were in love with in high school. Like, what would your life look like? <laughs> you see, I'm <Yeah>. laughing. <laughs> so, you know, it's it doesn't. Like, that's not how you wanted your life to look. So just remember that. Like, you thought at one point you could not live with a certain person, and now you think about your life with them, and it would not have made sense. 100% girls. Yeah. Okay, uh, one of my last questions. So I was doing my research and you had 1 million views on this video. So I just want you to talk about it real quickly about stop paying attention to how your ex is doing after the breakup. Talk about it, Kendra. Yes. I had no idea how much that would resonate with with people, (laughs) but it's so true. It's so true. So I have this thing called, um, stop playing investigator, which investigator means you are looking at your ex's social media, their mom's social media, their Venmo, (laughs) their like, you're asking friends for information. It's like, we can turn into a full-blown FBI agent if we want (laughs) to find out how our ex is doing. Right. The issue with that is not only does it make you keep thinking about your ex, but the issue with it is no matter what information you find out, it's going to make you feel worse. So Mm -hmm. if you find out that your ex is doing so well, they're thriving. You're like, what the heck? I'm here in pain. Like, did I mean nothing to you? And then you see, oh my gosh, my ex is already dating. That must mean that he was seeing someone else when he was, Mm. you know, he was with me. So you start making up all these assumptions. And then if your ex is doing really bad, then you want to go back to them. You want to help fix them. It's just Mm -hmm. like, there's no information you could find out that would make you feel good. And we tend to make up these stories. And then on top of that, we tend to get most of our information from social media, which like everyone looks great on social media. Like everyone looks happy. So, um, so just remembering, like, it just does not pay to know what your ex is up to. Not at all. And I like that you said, you know, kind of like it wouldn't make you feel good either way. So it's like really just paying attention again, accountability to yourself and how you're feeling when you're talking to your ex, when you see what they're up to, all of that, like tap into yourself instead of tapping out and seeing like all what they're doing. Like 
how are you really feeling, girl? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Just bring it back to you. How are you doing? What are you up to? Right. I yeah. love that. Kendra, you've been such a great guest. Is there anything that you would love to leave with the listeners about being a breakup bestie? Well, I do want them to follow you if you want to share your social media with them, please. Yeah. Well, I always like to end with just telling people that if you're going through a breakup, if you're just going through a really, really hard time in your life, just remembering that feelings don't last forever, that your feelings are going to pass. I think that's so important to remember because it can feel it's so easy to feel like we'll never feel better again. Yes. Um, but feelings are always going to pass. And then to connect with me, um, best way to connect with me is on Instagram at your breakup bestie. And then if you'd like to listen to my podcast, um, it's called Heal Your Heartbreak and it's available everywhere you listen to podcasts. Awesome, Kendra. I just want to say go girl to you for helping everyone out with uh, getting over the X because there's so much better out there. Just go to the next and forget the X. Okay. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. This was so fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Go Girl podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Connect with me on social media at Go Girl Movement or subscribe to the blog at www.gogirlmovement.org. By the way, have you purchased your copy of the Go Girl Guidebook, a woman's interactive guide to self-love? Ten chapters full of ways to love yourself better. It's available right now on Amazon. Thank you for your support. I love you and I'll talk to you next time. Go girl.